It's Monday. It is Monday. It is Monday. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Let us know when you've jumped on. It is Monday. Let us know if you are on. Say hi. Hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day yesterday. It was beautiful outside. A great day to enjoy some time with your family, for sure. Oops. There we go. <clears throat> good morning. Happy Monday, good morning. Kelly, good morning. Merry Monday. <laughs> I like that. Merry yes. Monday. Morning, Connie and Christine. Man, I'm excited to talk about some stuff today, y'all. Yes, we're starting. Well, you go ahead and talk yeah, about yeah, that because yeah, you yeah, do yeah, yeah. Sandra, good morning. And a few. Yeah, if you missed this past <clears throat> weekend's message from church, from Journey Church, you definitely want to go check it out. It's yeah. on the website, it is archived here on Facebook as well. And on our YouTube uh, channel as well. Definitely go back and check it out. But the challenge at the end of the message for this week was um, to do to go through Galatians, to spend time, uh, to spend the next couple of days going through uh, the book of Galatians. So we got yeah. five days. We may even take our fun Friday and make that the wrap up for Galatians. We'll see. Um, but it's going to be really, really good. Uh, it'll answer a lot of questions, set you free, uh, yeah. allow you to enjoy this thing called uh, Christianity and your relationship with God. Um, so it's going to be really good. So if you missed the, the message, this is a great thing to go back to uh, after you hear the Devo yeah. and then hang out. So if you're tuning in with us every day this week, definitely get into the book of Galatians and uh, and hang out with us, read, and, and kind of mm -hmm. let us know what's sticking out to you as well th as we go through the uh, the text. Yeah, so good morning, Sarah. We'll give it just and another minute. Trying to see. You had a good Mother's Day, Kelly. That's awesome. Good morning, Tim. Look, some of y'all are into like these, the so oh, diet these diet drinks. drinks or whatever, right? And some people are like, well, diet drinks are the devil, and they have aspartame in them, blah blah, whatever. Um, so, but they have this new one. This is my favorite, y'all. This is one of my favorite, the Baja Blast. From, are you allowed to do that? I think I'm not getting paid for this. No, but I was like, I don't know if we're supposed to do that. That's all right. Um, I'm not getting paid, though. I should be all getting right. some royalty checks for this. But anyways, um, but they I'm have that Baja Blast Zero now, and so. Um, that is That's quite, funny. it's quite delightful. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you should definitely morning, check it out. Tracy. Yeah, go ahead and share the video, guys, if you would. <clears throat> we are on it this morning. All right, so it's 803. Let's dive in um, and get cracking. Um, you want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm all off. It's That's Monday right. morning. It's all right. I'm trying. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you are going to be showing all of us this week as we go through Galatians, Lord God, that you will just be speaking to our hearts and revealing something new that we've not seen before, Lord God. And I thank you for each person tuned in that we are all able to just hear something new today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so <clears throat> so we're in the book of Galatians. Yes. Um, let me just start off by saying this. Um, if, the, if the gospel of Jesus Christ that you've heard preached throughout mm -hmm. your life is not scandalous, then you have not heard the gospel. If the gospel of Jesus Christ does not stop you every time you hear it and go, yeah. wow, like that's incredible, then it's probably not the gospel. If the gospel of Jesus Christ um, that you hear preached doesn't cause you to start asking or wondering questions like, well, wait a minute, does that mean X, Y, and Z? Um, then your chances are you're probably, you've probably not heard the gospel. 
if the gospel of Jesus Christ you've heard preached from your pulpit um, can can be said and you get done with it and hearing it and you're like, oh yeah, well, okay, I kind of figured that would be the case, then chances are it wasn't the gospel, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is so incredibly scandalous yeah. that if it's preached right in the church today in America, you will be labeled a heretic, right? Because the gospel in and of itself is is a, is the, the story of God uh, coming in the flesh of man, incarnation, to, to take on the world's ugliness and give the world his beauty, right? A, 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 apart from your permission to do so, right? Apart, He didn't ask your permission to do that. Right. The Bible says that we died in Christ on the cross of Calvary, that we were, we were buried with him and we were resurrected. He said, well, wait a minute. Don't you have to pray a certain prayer? Don't you have to do a certain thing in order for that to happen? I love, I love altar calls. I love prayer, uh, uh, center prayer moments. If you're wanting a, a road marker or, or, or a mile marker for you to be able to identify and say, oh, well, today's the day I decided I was going to follow Jesus. That's great. Right. But your salvation was purchased on the cross of Calvary, right? That's where it was purchased at. So again, that's the objective truth, right? Um, when it's subjective, when it becomes reality for us, is when we hear the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as Romans 10 says, and when we hear, hear the message, faith comes by hearing that message, and we, man, we grab a hold of it, and it begins to change our, our lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ is radically scandalous, right? It is void of any if-thens, buts, and wins. You understand what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. It's void of it's void of any if-wins and buts and thens, right? This right. is what I Which mean. Which you preached by. about a little bit this weekend. I did in your message. I did. This is what I'm talking about. It. Uh, um, so yeah, yeah. God loves you if X, Y, and Z, or God loves you when X, Y, and Z. God will love you, but you need to X, Y, and Z. God yeah. will X, Y, and Z. So, so if, if it's attached to the, I did talk about this weekend, mm -hmm. it's attached to the if and then. Old Testament, Old Testament covenant that Israel walked with God on, that covenant was a covenant cut between God and Israel. And that covenant that God entered into with Israel had a, had a multifaceted uh, uh, thing. It was multi, uh, there was multiple reasons for it. We'll get to it in Galatians. Um, one of it partly was to identify and show how bad sin was. The other part of that was Israel entered into that covenant full steam ahead saying anything God tells us we can do, we can do it, and it's not a problem. And so that covenant was cut between God and Israel, and that covenant was a if and then covenant. Mm -hmm. If you do X, Y, and Z, God says, then I will do this. If you don't do this, then this is what will happen. And we took that covenant um, and we've brought, the church has brought that if and then covenant into the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is no if and right. then with Jesus. Jesus is the if and then. Jesus fulfilled the if and then. Right. And because Jesus fulfilled the if and then, we are the beneficiaries of the very thing. And the book of Galatians is Paul's counter to, to people trying to bring into the new covenant Old Covenant's uh, rules and regulations, mm -hmm. if and then. Right? I think it's interesting because it's like that was already happening so closely to right the away. time when Jesus was was there and trying to reveal this to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to the people. And now it's the exact same thing that happens in churches is is this very thing, and it's yeah. trying to help reveal. If we go back and read this and you read it correctly, it's helping you see yeah. like, hold on. There, we don't have to bring that into 
you know, are where mm-hmm. we stand at right now. You know, when you go through, and maybe we'll kind of talk about this a little bit this week, but when you go through an Acts and you read about this this moment where uh, Paul and Peter and James, <clears throat> who's the brother of Jesus, they're having this conversation and they're they're trying to figure out. I mean, this is right after all the stuff went down with yeah. Christ. He ascended. The church is being born and it's and it's it's going. And you have this moment where James is like, "Well, we shouldn't we shouldn't make them live under the law, but maybe we should just be aware of honoring these particular laws." And so you even see it with James, the brother of Jesus, and Peter trying to figure out, man, how much of this new thing is really a new thing, right. and it doesn't involve this old thing. And it wasn't until Paul came along that that really began to shake up. I mean, Peter got it on the rooftop when he saw the the sheet drop down, the animals come out three different times, and, yeah. and God says to Peter, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, no, Lord, no such thing. I'll never put anything unclean in my body. Yeah. You know, I'm honoring these these laws and these rules. And he says to him, don't call what I've made clean unclean. Right. That was the beginning of this thing. But it took a man uh, named Paul, who was originally Saul, mm-hmm. to come on the scene before it really cemented into uh, uh, the, this this New Testament new covenant thought, really was cemented with him. And here's the interesting thing, right? I know I'm, I'm talking 100 miles an you hour. You are. Right that do that over there has got you going. Right, I haven't even <laughs> opened that one yet. Um, <clears throat> but here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing is, is that Paul, for some of you guys might not know this, Paul did not walk with Jesus. As a matter right. of fact, Paul was a Pharisee during the time of Jesus. And so no doubt he was he was there present in the in the midst of this whole thing, but we didn't even know who he was. We didn't know so much that he was there only until afterwards right. when he began to persecute the church because he felt that was the best thing to do. That was the best way to honor, to honor Judea- Judaism. Uh, or the Jewish uh, beliefs is to persecute this false heretical uh, right. cult that sprang up, and so he goes on mm-hmm. and he does that. Well, then, so he starts persecuting the church, and then on the road to Damascus, on the way to kill more Christians, <clears throat> he has this encounter with Jesus Christ, and uh, goes blind from the glory of God, and then goes off and sits in the house and tries to recalculate his entire life. Another believer who God speaks to says, hey, there's this guy over there you need to go heal. So he goes over to him and shares uh, shares with him and, and gets him healed. The interesting thing is, is that Paul goes from that moment and three days, that moment of, of I'm killing Christians to being converted to a Christ follower mm-hmm. and then goes right out and begins to to really proclaim the gospel. Actually, goes into the desert for a little while and gets revelation from Jesus, but yeah. he goes and proclaims the gospel. The interesting thing, and I'm getting to Galatians, I promise. The interesting <laughs> thing is, is it, it took three years for Paul, who never walked with Jesus Christ, to meet with Peter and James, the only two apostles he met with at the time. It took three years before he would meet with them to confer and say, let me make sure what I'm preaching is the right gospel. Think about that. This guy never walked with Jesus. This guy didn't spend three years with Jesus. He didn't watch him be crucified um, and run from him, or maybe he did, I don't know, uh, or run from him. He he wasn't there at the the resurrection. He wasn't there at the ascension. He wasn't there for any of that. And yet this guy has such an incredible revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he would later go on, and we'll see in Galatians, he would later go on and publicly rebuke Peter for being a hypocrite. Rebuke the guy who yeah. spent three years with Jesus. Mm. Rebuke it. Now, we would look at somebody like Paul and we would say in the church today and say, well, who did you study under? Right. Who's your pastor? 
Who's your that? Well, what what's your credentials? What degree do you have behind your name? How how why do you feel like you have such a revelation of of God? We would look at at, at a Paul like that, or somebody like that today, and we would question everything about them. Yeah. And here, a guy who never walked with Jesus is preaching a gospel that's flooring every person that comes in contact with. You know, and so it's, it's so good, pretty good. So yeah. let's okay, let's get into Galatians. That's enough of the the backdrop. So you have these guys <laughs> coming. At, you have these Jews. Uh, in Galatians is being counted. You have these Jews who have partly bought into uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I say partly because of this. They go, okay, yeah, we see that how Jesus thing is is important, and yes, Jesus kind of uh, can help bring about salvation. Uh, we see that, but in order to maintain salvation, in order to maintain your good graces with God, in order to really do it right, you have to have Jesus plus the law. And so, yes, you can believe in Jesus, but you also have to have circumcision. You know, for the Gentiles, those who hadn't been circumcised. You also have to have circumcision. Yes, Jesus is the way, but you also, you, you still need to honor these holy days. You still need to honor the feast days. You still need to do X, Y, and Z. So Paul goes in yeah. on the church of Galatia. And so over in, in Galatians 5, we're going to start with here in Galatians 5, verse 4. And, uh, and we're going to start here, and then we'll go back to chapter 1. So Galatians 5, verse 4 says this. For if you are trying to make yourselves right, with God, by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen from God's grace. That is an incredible scripture for you to hold on to. If you, just about that this weekend. yeah, mm-hmm. if you are trying to be made right with God by any means, then you are running the risk of being cut off from Christ. And you have fallen from grace. I said this in the message this past weekend. I came up in youth group. And the youth group that I came up in after I gave my life to Jesus, um, we heard the term fallen from grace. And it was always referencing somebody who had gone back into sin, who was who had, who, who had gone back and started drinking or doing drugs or sleeping yeah. around, doing something. So they had fallen from grace, you know, and that's what. But that has nothing to do with that. Falling from grace has nothing to do with committing a particular sin. Falling from grace has everything to do with you trying to earn the yeah. very thing that Christ freely gave to you apart from your permission. Think about it. Yeah. That's what it means to be falling from grace. You want to be cut off from Christ, try to earn what you already have. That's how you're cut off from Christ. Yeah. Try to earn what you already have. And what I mean by cut off, I don't mean God cuts you, cuts the rope and lets you go fry in hell for eternity. That's not what I'm talking about. Being cut off from, from Christ means that in order for you to be made right with God by a particular law, you have to fully embrace that law. You are white-knuckling that law. Yep. And as long as you are white-knuckling that means of, of righteousness, you cannot openly receive the very thing that's already been given to you. Yeah. That's what it means. All right. It's like going back, basically. You go yeah. back to the old ways. Yeah, Old Testament, old if Testament. and then, yep. right? You go back to this this performance-based yeah. uh, religion. Mm-hmm. And so... And when it's so ingrained in you, I think we talked about this last week, when you have something that's so ingrained, it's it, there's a natural pathway in your head that takes you right back to what you've always known. Right. And it's like we said last week, it's that reprogramming to to help you and th- these are he's talking to people who lived in that time where they were under yeah. the old covenant being introduced to a new covenant yeah. and naturally in their head was like hold on no 
we got to go back to this is what we know. We know that this is what we thought worked. Right. And they naturally go back. But how easy is that for us? And we've not ever even been under, you know, really ever been under that unless that's what you were taught. Then right. you were under it. Right. Um, but we're not. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so going back over to Galatians chapter 1. Verse 6, so this gospel is so scandalous, so radical, so amazing, that literally God chose you, and then you get to receive that. That's the gospel. God chose you, yeah. and you get to receive it. And, 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 and part of your, and, uh, apart from your works, apart from anything you can do, you can never do enough to be enough. You just simply be. Right. You be loved. You are the beloved of God. You just be loved. Right. You've been loved. You're being loved. You will forever be loved. And so our position is to be. And the more that we are, <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to mess all the English up, right? So the more that we be, the better we are at receiving, the more intimate our relationship is with Christ. Right. Right. Uh, the more faith is awakened in us. Uh, the more we're able to to do these things that we strive to do. Faith becomes this thing that you strive to do. In, in, in modern Christianity, faith is the work. Yeah. Faith is the work. i got to have more faith. i got to have more faith. Like if you just had enough faith, if you just had enough faith, 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 faith. Faith comes by hearing the beautiful message of Jesus Christ. And the beautiful message of Jesus Christ is you cannot and have not and will not, but he did. So you need to be the beneficiaries right. of that. Right. Falling from grace, just going back to that. It's not right. being. It's not being Coolest, yeah. who you have already been created to be. Yes. Who you are is resting in that grace. You stop resting in that grace. Right. You stop being, and you're, you are removing yourself from that. So, so he goes on and says in verse uh, 6, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Think about what we just said. I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God. We think that if, if we think I can get close to God if I pray more, I get close to God if I, if I give more, if I serve more, and those are all great things, but those should right. be things that are done out of being right. and not to be. The byproduct. Right? And when we do it to be closer, we actually we actually turn away from God. Because it wears I, you out. Yeah. You're we, on that wheel. Yeah, the hamster wheel. Yeah. It says, so I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to, to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. Who called you to himself. You didn't find God. God found you. Okay. <laughs> so you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truths concerning Christ. Jesus plus X, Y, Z equal salvation. It's never Jesus plus anything. Right. It's Jesus plus nothing. It is Jesus alone that equals salvation. Anytime it's Jesus plus this that makes me accepted by God or earns my salvation, it is not the gospel of Jesus right. Christ. It is the law. It is the it is the old old testament. Mm -hmm. Um and look what it says here. <clears throat> In verse eight it says, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news, quote, and he's using that loosely. He's not saying there's more good news out there. Right. He's saying anyone who preaches a different uh, kind of, quote, good news than the one we've already preached to you. He says, I say again, excuse me, he says, I say again, uh, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than you than the one you welcome let that person be cursed 
And let me go to this real quick. Verse 10, it says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I want to camp real quick. That right there. <clears throat> What's that? Go ahead. No, that right there. That, that it, for me, when we go through these, oftentimes I like highlight the things that stand out specifically to me. And years ago, at some point, I had highlighted this one in this Bible because I don't always use this Bible. But uh, I had highlighted that one section about, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? And it's like, that is so good. Because yeah. when you're preaching, when you are preaching the good news, when you're actually doing that, you probably aren't necessarily going to win the approval of all men. No. Because, because it's not, it's contradictory right. to what, what can be controlling. Ah, uh, that's exactly in this it. area. That is it. And yeah. And you don't yeah. people don't want to lose the control. Right. And and he's sitting here saying like, you know what? <laughs> There's you, no one needs to have that control over you. Someone says, "Well, if you preach grace too much, man, then then what's going to make people live holy?" I I, mm. I think about that. If you preach grace too much, what's going to make people live holy? Rules and laws do not make you live holy, right? Right, right. Um, if you preach grace too much, that is the very thing that will make you live holy. The more grace you preach, the more radical your grace is, the more radical the life of someone becomes. The more radical, uh, they'll live more holy on yeah. accident than they will ever do on purpose. And if you say, well, no, 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 they have to have rules. They have to have regulations to do what? To break them? Right. I mean, think about this. You know, the, the Bible says in, the, in Romans chapter 6, 14, it says, for we are no longer, uh, for, for sin shall no longer be our master, for we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. Right. There is a direct correlation to slavery and law mm -hmm. and freedom and grace. Right. And so some, some people say, well, well, you know, and again, this is where this is where you know you're preaching grace, right? Because then people start saying, well, wait a minute. So so you're saying there shouldn't be any rules whatsoever at all? There's not one, there shouldn't be any, not one rule. Listen to me. The one rule that trumps them all is love. Yeah. God said, love, love people. Why? Because when I love myself, I won't sin against myself. And when I love my neighbor, I won't sin against my labor. Right. And when I love God, I won't sin against God. And the way that I get to that place is by allowing God to love me. I can't love God more than he loves me. The love of God is the very thing that frees me up to love him. Faith comes by hearing the message of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the love of God frees me up to love my neighbor. And more importantly, the love of God frees me up to love myself. If right. you don't love yourself, you are not allowing yourself to be loved yeah. and loved by God. I want you just so to good. think about this. I mean, it is radical. It's scandalous. Yeah. Because we want rules and regulations to control and to manipulate and to keep going. I get it. Behavior modification is kind of an important thing, and especially in our society. It's an yeah. important thing. When you're parenting, you yeah. want to modify your kid's behavior, right? You want to modify their behavior. But listen to me. The, for the, the, the modification of their behavior is short-lived. Rules can maybe modify your behavior, but they never modify the person. Right. They can never modify your heart. We have an if the and heart. then. We have the if and then regulations on our refrigerator, mm -hmm. and it's a list of chores that our kids have to do Monday through Saturday. Say, right. man, you drive them hard Monday through Saturday, three chores a day. That's what they have to do. And here it is: if you argue about having to do chores, 
then you lose all technology for the next day. If you argue about doing chores, then you lose 30 minutes on your bedtime. My, the if and then goes well with trying to uh, regulate behavior in that sense, but I never use, well, we will never use if and then to communicate love. We'll never use or if and then to, to communicate. Yeah, I will never look at my sons and say, if you do this, then I will never love you again. Right. Right. Well, my daughter, if you do this, then daddy can no longer be your daddy. If mm-hmm. you, It never no. happens, right? No. And so the more we come to grips with the grace of God, the more by default it will, it will change our lives. It will right. radically change our lives, right? So, and again, with God, it is the, the, the one law, the law is love. Love trumps every rule, every regulation, everything can be summed up in our ability to love. Am I receiving love and will I love, mm-hmm. right? Think about this. And I know I'm, we're going a little long, a little bit today, but just think about this. If you have an addiction problem, you have an addiction problem because at the beginning of this thing, you didn't love yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? You have an addiction problem because at the beginning of this thing, you didn't love yourself. If you have an adultery problem or a pornography problem or whatever the problem is, it's it's that you're not loving yourself, but you're also not loving others, right? right? And, and 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 if you have a anti I go to church uh, uh, mindset or I don't have anything to do with any church folk or whatever the case is, it's a, it's a I don't love God thing because I don't know how radically loved by God that I am. Every sin, quote, every fruit of sin that we demonstrate in our life always comes back to whether or not I am loving or being loved. That's every single one of them can be attached. Are you not loving yourself? There's the expression of this sin. Are you not loving your neighbor? Here's the expression of that sin. Are you not loving God in this moment? Here's the expression of that particular thing. Do you understand? I know this is really, this is heavy and good on, on a Monday morning, right? Let me come back to this. You want to say anything? I know I'm talking a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. If I did, I forgot already. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to verse eight and nine because I want to highlight this because based on your based on your um, translation, translation mm-hmm. this thing can read several different ways. You understand that biases are, are, are written into translations of the Bible. We want to That's think. important to understand. It's very important <laughs> to understand because you can read several different translations and they can literally say something completely different from the next, right? right? So in my translation, in the Living Translation, all right, New Living Translation says this, Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one you pre- we preach to you. And I'll say it again. If we, like we said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the, uh, than the one you welcome, let that person be accursed. All right, so mine says, let a curse fall right. on them, let them be cursed. What's yours say? Mine says eternally condemned. So hers says, if you preach another gospel, let it let that person be eternally condemned, right? Another translation says, uh, uh, the Young's literal translation, yes. let me go back to here um, real quick. The Young's literal translation, um, it says... Uh, in verse eight, but even if we or a messenger of heaven may proclaim good news to you, different from what we did proclaim to you, anathema, let him be, right? Anathema, let him be, cursed, let him be. And it says, and as we said before, now we say again, anyone proclaims different, uh, go- proclaims good news different from what you received, anathema, let him be. 
And so this is important to understand. So basically the concept is cursed. The, the phrase eternally damned or eternally condemned is not a great translation at all because that's not right. what they're talking about. The people who are processing this, the people who are who are coming into the church and trying to tell people it's Jesus plus the law equals uh, salvation are the very people who are telling them, if you don't fulfill the law, you will be cursed. In other words, if it's not Jesus plus the law, you're going to come under a curse. And Paul's return rebuttal is, if anybody's going to be cursed, it should be the people, or it will be the people, or it should be the people who are saying it's Jesus plus anything. Right. Those are the ones. If, if they're saying we're to be cursed because we're saying Jesus plus nothing, nothing yeah. he said, then I'm going to flip this back around and let you know. No, the ones who should be cursed are the ones who are adding anything to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what that rebuttal is. He is not literally saying, if someone preaches that, uh, if someone's saying Jesus plus the law, they're going to spend eternity in hell. That's not what he's saying. Right. He's using this as a rebuke back to them because the very thing that follows them is Jesus plus the law or you will be cursed. He's saying, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. It's Jesus alone. And if you think that's the case, then back on you is mm -hmm. what he's what he's saying. So right. let, let that rest right. assured, you know. And it goes uh, back there. to the renewing of the mind. Yeah, absolutely. For everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so yeah, so this is just the very beginning of Galatians. We got all week to kind of dig into this, man. Get into your, your Bibles and, and uh, start chucking away at, at Galatians. Yeah. And I would encourage you to, there's a great uh, website you can go to um, uh, called BibleGateway.com. You can also use the uh, Version Bible app on your phone. And I would encourage you, man, take, take chapter one today and read it, but read it in like several different translations. Yes. Read it from New Living, read it from New King James, NIV, the Message Translation, the Young's Literal Translation, mm -hmm. and just read it and, and see uh, what's being, being said about that. But I think if we can wrap up today, we'll wrap it up and we'll just say this, man, just starting off, coming out the gate. The gospel of Jesus Christ is incredibly scandalous, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you're preaching the gospel right, you'll be labeled a heretic from most churches, mm -hmm. number two. Um, and it's always, always, always Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Right. Those are three things you can take away from the Devo this morning, guys. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, like that was only like the first section of Galatians 1. That was one. like three verses, four so. verses. Get through yeah. the rest of it, guys, and see what, what pops out to you um, Absolutely. throughout that first, or not chapter one. Cool, cool, cool. All right, man. So that is today's deal, the yes. devotion. So, man, share the video like we said, and uh, and let some people know. Tune in tomorrow, and we'll continue this Galatians deal. If you missed the message from this weekend, let me go in and, again, encourage you. Go back and, and check it out, man. Host yeah. a watch party, man. People need to hear. We talked all about this past week, and we talked all about how to understand the Bible and what applies to you. And oftentimes, we have no clue what applies right. to us. Right. And when we begin to figure that out, man, it radically changes everything. So, right. man, share the message. Go back. Host a watch party today and uh, and, and dig into it. So, yes. we'll catch you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. You want to pray? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You prayed first, and you pray again. I'll pray again. You didn't let me talk much, so... I'll pray. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for this awesome Monday. I pray a blessing over each person's Monday, every person that is tuned in, that they have an amazing Monday, that they are just allowing themselves to be, not trying to do, trying to receive, trying to work for something, Lord God, but just resting and being in your presence, Lord God. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, fam, we love you guys. Yes. We should see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Yes, bye.